Before we dive on into football, we want to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Southern Cigar Co. Southern Cigar Co. is a premium cigar subscription service founded with the goal of connecting cigar lovers around the world with nothing but the best smokes. Heading into a cigar shop and choosing from a vast selection could be a daunting task. Southern Cigar Co. has developed a service that takes away the worry and the hassle while providing you with premium cigars every single month. For under $40 per month and free shipping within the United States, Southern Cigar Co. will ship four of their finest cigars right to your door, with the first box of every subscription including a triple torch lighter, a double guillotine cutter, a Boveda humidity pack, and an informational card displaying everything you need to know about your newest cigars. There's no better pairing to Sunday football and your favorite bottle of beer or glass of scotch than one of Southern Cigar Co.'s top-of-the-line smokes. With the holiday season right around the corner, the world's best cigar subscription would make the perfect gift for the cigar lover in your life. Head to southerncigarco.com and enter code PUTB for 10% off your first order. Again, that's southerncigarco.com and enter promo code PUTB for 10% off your first order. And now, back to the football. Bonjour, hello, and happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Pick Up the Blitz podcast, hosted live on the Locker Room app. We're talking all things NFL, all things football today. I'm Justin Heyer, here with everyone's favorite co-host, Nick Pilato. And today, as I mentioned, we're going into all things NFL. We have a lot on the slate today. We're going to be talking some of our opinions regarding the best teams in the NFL, who that might be. And what our list looks like, we'll be going into some uh, of the most important news of the week. And of course, as we do every Thursday, we'll be talking our game picks, going through each and every matchup of the week, telling you who's going to win, what the score is going to be, because we're always right here on the Pick the Blitz podcast. That's so, right. <laughs> you know, use our information as you will. And so I think we're going to start off the show, Nick, if, uh, if you've got your takes ready with the top five teams in the NFL. Nick and I are both going to go through who we think is the best in the NFL. I know that obviously this can be a bit of a controversial topic. Of course, I think we'll probably agree on who the best team in the NFL is, but we'll go from five to one just to keep you in a little bit of suspense. Uh, obviously, you know, going through the league right now, it's not necessarily as important who's beaten who now that we're to week 13 or 14, you know, towards the end of the end of the year. Because who won in week two doesn't necessarily mean who's the best in week 14. But we'll go through our top five list. Nick, if, you, uh, if you've got yours ready, I think we'll start at five. Maybe go back and forth and work our way down to one. So we'll go five to one. Yeah, five to one. Five to one. Okay. Count it down. All right. So I am number five. This is actually really tough because there are a couple of teams that I think could fit into the number five slot. Um. But I, I, you know, there's a couple of really good teams out, and especially in the NFC West, um, I think you've got a couple of, con, you know, potential guys in the AFC. So I'm going to go with my number five team as of right now, the Seattle Seahawks. Okay, I think I, I don't even have them on my list. Really, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, so so we're going to have a little bit of a discrepancy here yeah. at some point, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, I think I, I, I think Seattle is. I know they've struggled a little bit in the past, and that that loss against Washington was – I don't think anyone saw that come. I'm sorry, not Washington, um, the Giants. Yeah. Uh, the loss against the Giants was not anything that anyone saw coming. Um, but, I, you know, if you lose that game, that's the kind of game that you look at yourself and say, all right, got to figure out how to fix all these things. And from there, you kind of build that momentum. Russell Wilson is still playing great football outside of last week. DK Metcalf is a monster. Um I, uh, I think, I think they're, you know, I think they're built for a decent playoff push. I'm putting that, putting them as my number five team. Okay. So uh, I said, I don't have them on my list and I don't, they'd probably be just outside if I were to expand this list into the top 10. The Seattle Seahawks are a team that lives and dies by Russell Wilson, right? We all know that this offense, this entire team goes as Russell Wilson goes. And 99% of the time, Russell Wilson does enough to pretty much win you the game, but this defense sucks, right? And so when you're talking about the top five teams in the NFL, the teams that you think could go really far, 
uh, the way I kind of made my list is who would win in every given week, who would I pick over who, and I don't think any of these top five teams I would pick necessarily over the Seahawks on a given week just because that defense is so damn bad. And so if the offense isn't clicking on every cylinder, I, I can't trust them. And so I have the Seahawks just outside. I'm starting my, my top five with the Buffalo Bills. I am very impressed with what has gone on up in, uh, up in Buffalo with Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, what they've built. Josh Allen is it. He's it. This is a team that has the makings of a... I don't want to say dynasty. That's 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 going too far. But of a team that could be competitive for a while, not necessarily a Super Bowl contender every single year, but a team that I think for the next five ish years at least will be picked to at least make the playoffs. The defense is solid enough. The offense has a ton of weapons in Diggs and Beasley and a decent running back duo. And Josh Allen is just he can make every throw. So I have yep. Buffalo at my number five spot. So I, I actually I agree with everything you've said about Buffalo, and I think that they are a little bit more – they're surprisingly better than I thought they would be. Um, and if you, you, you remember the summer and the conversations we had and my, my hesitations to anoint Josh Allen as the next you know franchise quarterback for the Bills, I thought he was good, but I didn't think he was going to be able to make that jump in terms of his accuracy. I think his, you know he has done things this year that have – completely and totally made me eat my words and I am accepting that and I am slowly getting over it. Um, and I think everything you said, you know, they have, they have a great foundation in Buffalo. Um, and I think that's going to serve them well over the next couple of years. So I definitely see why you would put them at number five. Okay, so who do you have at number four? Do you even have Buffalo on your list? Yes, they are my number four team. Okay. All right. I'm curious. Buffalo is my, my number top four five team. Oh, you're, okay. you're, I don't know if you, if you if you've been listening to what I've been saying over the last couple of weeks. I don't think it'll be surprising who I'm not who I don't have in my top five. Interesting. Okay, and Jimmy, uh, by the way, here on live on the locker room app chat is saying Colt McCoy surprisingly good. Yeah, the fact that Colt McCoy was able to do enough—not that the Giants' offense was great last week—but to do enough to beat a Seattle team who we both agree is, regardless of their defense, still very good in general, was pretty impressive. So Giants looking up. I'm I'm pretty impressed with Joe Judge as that has done there over. Uh, over in New York, in the Meadowlands. So you have Buffalo at your number four, above Seattle. At my number four, I actually have the previously undefeated, no longer though, Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. The Steelers are pretty much the definition of a complete team, a balanced team. The Steelers' defense is very good. It is down a lot of key pieces, though. That linebacker unit uh, is, is hurting. They they lost uh, they lost they lost obviously a couple of uh, of starters there. Uh, they've lost one of the biggest stars on that defense in Devin Bush. So obviously that Steelers defense is not what it was necessarily week one, but it is very good. The offense is good enough to keep them in games. The running game has struggled, but Big Ben is still putting together a good season. There are weapons galore on that team. The only thing is they tend to play down to their competition, as was evidenced by their loss against Washington. It's been sort of a, a mark against Mike Tomlin for pretty much his entire tenure. They played a way closer game than they should have three weeks ago or four weeks ago against the Cowboys. So I, I have them at number four. I still put them near the top of the, uh, near the, top of the NFL, but uh, I don't have them in my top three. Yeah, listen, I think the Steelers are – so can I tell you who's not in my top five then, who I left is, out of the group? Is it Pittsburgh? It's 100% Pittsburgh. Wow, after, that just I, after one loss. No, but I don't think – and, you know, everyone has been saying that because they were undefeated, they were the best team in the NFL for weeks, and I could not disagree more with that assessment. Right. I could not. And I'm, I'm on the same page with you there. But I, I just – I see more – I just – I can't trust Pittsburgh. Yes, they've won 11 games, and that's awesome, and I'm, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for Steelers fans. But they haven't really beaten great football teams. They really right. haven't. And I, and I think that they've struggled in a lot of those games against some of those weaker football teams. So, And you saw it happen against Washington on – I don't remember what day it was. It was one of those random COVID makeup days, so I don't even remember. Yeah. Um, that was our Monday 5 p.m. preview. 5 p.m., so, okay, okay. Yeah. So, you know, I just I – can't, I can't trust them to be like a top five team in this league. I, I think they're right outside, you know. I think it's safe to say they're at number six. Um, but so you're, I just, picking I, the, you're picking Seattle to beat Pittsburgh on any given Sunday. Or is that I, not how you made your list? 
that's not necessarily how I made my list. I looked at kind of everything that I've seen throughout the course of the season. And while, you know, I think records are not great indicators of how, you know, how good teams are. Um, and I think this is a really, this was a really hyperinflated record. And I just don't think the Steelers are, are, I think they're a good football team, but I don't think that they're a top five team in the league. I think their offense is great. Their defense is pretty good, but uh, not pretty good. They're better. Let's flip that. Their defense is great. Their offense is pretty good. Um, but I just, I don't see, when I watch them play football, I don't see a dominance out of them that I would like to see. And that's totally fair. And I think that's mostly a factor of the lack of rushing efficiency in Pittsburgh. James Conner has been kind of just fine this year. And behind him, they have some sort of weird mix of Anthony McFarlane, Benny Snell, and Jalen Samuels that like does not excite anyone. So when you have that and you have a quarterback who just came off elbow surgery and isn't necessarily the prime Big Ben that he once was, even with the weapons he has, you don't have enough consistent firepower to keep up with some of the best in the NFL. That's why I had them outside of my top three. I would love, though, if I'm curious now, if you could take me into your top three, where we might differ here. Okay, so I'm going for my number three team. I'm going with the Packers. Uh, okay. Green I think we're going to be yeah. exactly even then on the top three, actually. Okay, because, yeah, so so let's – should we? if that's the case, should we just lay it yeah, on? Yeah, go 3-2-1. Go 3 okay, two, one. so then – so I have the Packers at three, I have the, the Saints at two, and I, I have the Chiefs at number one. Right, um, exactly identical. Okay, so the Chiefs, I, 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 there's this, I see very you little can. stopping them. There's, there's, no I see, I, there's no question. I see very little stopping them. Um, their their yeah. offense is insane. It's, they can score 40 points before you even touch the football. It's, yeah. it's, it's insane what they are capable of doing and the speed in which they're capable of doing it. Um, Absolutely incredible. Patrick Mahomes is going to be, once his career is over, barring anything significant happening, the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. Um, with those types of weapons, they're just, they're just a, a generally unbeatable team. I think, uh, I think a Super Bowl, if they don't make it a Super Bowl, it would be a massive underachievement for this unit. New Orleans, you know, for me, I, uh, a couple weeks ago, and again, I'll, I'll eat my words here, I did not think that Taysom Hill was going to be very good for the New Orleans Saints. Um, I, I had just a sneaking suspicion this was going to be a uh, an issue with the with the Drew Brees injury. Taysom Hill wasn't going to be able to um, to to really throw the ball effectively. That was what I was most concerned about. Is I knew he was athletic. Everyone knew that he was capable of running those kind of option plays, but I couldn't. I didn't envision him as a good passer over a number of weeks, right? Over a, a solid sample size of weeks. Um, he has proved me wrong. And again, I will eat my words on that too today. So a lot of, a lot of repenting I will be doing, I guess, this evening. Um, so the Saints are, you know, if, if Sean Payton can continue to win football games without his starting quarterback, I see no reason why they shouldn't be the second best team in this league. Because unfortunately, the Chiefs are, it's like the Chiefs are at one and everyone else is competing for two. And the Saints are a solid pick there. And for me, for three, Aaron Rodgers is one of my favorite players to watch. He just – he can throw it six yards without – like with a flick of the wrist. Uh, incredible talent. The offense for the Packers is really starting to uh, click in great uh, playoff runs ways. Uh, Devontae Adams is amazing. Aaron Jones is, is, a, is a quality, capable running back. Their defense is, I think, better than people talk about. Um, I think I think the Packers are an easy number three for me. Yeah, so I, I, I agree for a lot of the same reasons. Obviously, Chiefs being number one doesn't even be discussed anymore. That team is just the best in the NFL. The Saints, I, that defense is so good. Like, and it's yeah. it's not it's often what's not talked about on the team because you have Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, two of the best offensive players in the NFL, and obviously this whole intriguing Taysom Hill storyline. But the Saints haven't given up more than 16 points in the past five weeks. And they've played some good offenses. They played, obviously, the quarterbackless Broncos is, is notwithstanding. But Doesn't count. They played, they played the Falcons twice. And the Falcons, obviously, have Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. They played the Bucks and only let up three points. They played the Kyle Shanahan-led 49ers. This team is riding its defense right now, and it's working. And that's, again, notwithstanding the fantastic talent that they have on offense green bay i'm also uh, just like you ryan uh, aaron Rodgers is one of my favorite quarterbacks that i've watched in my lifetime the running game is fantastic with aaron jones and jamal williams 
They're getting A.J. Dillon back from the reserve COVID list this week, so even more depth to that running back unit. The defense, which has been a weakness for this team in years past, is right around the middle of the NFL. It's like 16th, 17th in points allowed, so it's not holding them back anymore. This is a team that should be able to go very deep into the playoffs. So uh, an easy top three there, honestly, for me to make. I'm curious, though. Maxwell, who I'm going to let up here in one second, says in the chat that the Packers are way too high. Maxwell, thanks as always for, for jumping on the show with us. Why do you think the Packers are way too high on our list? I think at the, I, I was with you guys. I, you know, I didn't think the Steelers were the best team in the NFL. I think the Steelers are, you know, we're, we're, we're fool's gold, um, you know, up there at, at the top. And, you know, I think we're going to kind of continue to see that a little bit. Um, but I'm uncomfortable putting the Packers that high because I think the Steelers aren't worse than third. Um, and then if you had to, um, if you had to put a team, uh, like arguably third, I think I think Packers are definitely top five. But I, okay. I have been tr- I have trouble putting them over um, Pittsburgh, and I have trouble putting them over Seattle. Um, I'll start with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, I think, uh, it's you know still plays pretty good defense. I think you know they're. They, you know, can't run the ball, which is a huge issue. I think they have more talent out receiver. I think Big Ben, considering their ages, I think, like, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is better than Big Ben, but Big Ben is not, you know, that much worse. Um, and, and I do also think that uh, at the end of the day, like, you know, more, more experienced coaching, I think that this is – I think if Green Bay were to play Pittsburgh on a neutral field, I think Pittsburgh would win. Um, I, I just think, like, Pittsburgh is not – dynamic enough on offense in it's crazy to say with as Aaron Rodgers having a quarterback but just in terms of the weapons I think if somebody you know were to stop you know their main pieces I think they would struggle it which is true of every team but you know sometimes you just need if you're going to be a, a really good team sometimes you just need more more than one way to win and I don't believe this the Packers have that um and again I think the Steelers are market, markedly better on defense too so that plays a big part in it and, and that's definitely fair. I, I think with a lot of these teams, when we're talking about top five, top six, you could make an argument to flip them any which way. I will say that I was pretty comfortable with, with my top three. I I was worried that, you know, maybe putting Pittsburgh now out of the top three is a bit of an overreaction to a single loss. But the fact that I think all three of us agree that they weren't necessarily number one anyway, even when they were undefeated, makes me a little more comfortable with that. You're right, the defense, though, is certainly a big consideration. It's just that more of the fact that if I were to pick a team, if I were to pick more, most importantly, a quarterback and an offense to win me a game in the league where when you're going up against teams like the Chiefs, no matter how good your defense is, you're not stopping them from scoring. If I'm going to pick a team to keep up, it's the Packers over the Steelers. I know that Aaron Rodgers will connect with Devontae Adams, no questions asked. I know that Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams will get me those yards on the ground I need. I can't say that about Pittsburgh. That that's what concerns me there. So I'm not using this as an argument over Pittsburgh because you can make right. the same argument. But I I will say this in general though, like when's the last time, you know, Aaron Rodgers has, and, and the Packers in general have like been able to do anything in the playoffs. They've been able to get there, but like, you know, the last time I think the the farthest. The last time the the, the um, Packers even made like a conference championship game was like, I want to say, I, I don't even, I don't even remember. Like, I, I think that was against. I think that was against Carson Palmer's Cardinals, right? right? When Larry Fitzgerald made that huge run in overtime, was that or was that? A I think game? that was no. I think that was the was, divisional because yeah, that, was I a think divisional that game. year. Sorry, yeah, you're right. My bad, Nick. What'd you say? No, no, no. I, I I'm I'm just trying to figure. I'm trying to think off the top of my head when that when that uh, conference game was. I yeah, think it might have been. Hey, yeah, I think it might have been. They played Seattle one year in the conference mm-hmm. season, I think. Um, but yeah, yeah that, that Cardinals year, they, that was the divisional game, and the, the yeah, Panthers you're right. defeated the Cardinals um, to go to the Super Bowl. But but um, but yeah, no, no. So yeah, it's it's been a long time since we've seen like, you know, obviously it's been ten years since the Super Bowl win, and it's been a long time since we've seen you know Rodgers actually you know do it in the in the postseason. So I would just like hesitate to to like trust, you know, that like in, in a postseason format, but I mean, we're not there yet. We're just talking about the best teams right now, but that's kind of the big question for, to, you know, moving into the postseason for the Packers. Absolutely. In my opinion. But, but couldn't you say the same thing? When's the last time the Steelers um, pushed into the, the deep into yeah. the playoffs? 
Yeah, that's why I said in the beginning, like it's, right. it's not a comparison to the Steelers, like just in general for for the Packers though. Now, I mean, the Steelers you can say the exact same thing, but sure. In, and for other teams, like you know, the Packers or Steelers, like I, you know, I would also question the Steelers, like when's the last time they were able to make a run? I think that's you got to consider that when we're talking about both of those teams, but you know, particularly Green Bay. Yeah, that makes sense. I would say that when we're talking about going into the playoffs, who we trust the most. Uh, I do have a, a bit of a hard time with the Packers just because of that recent history, though. I am a firm believer that every year is different. Every week is different, but certainly every year uh, is different. And so when we're talking about these playoff matchups, we might see. I'm not necessarily taking recent history as much into account with regards to whether or not Aaron Rodgers can go deep in the playoffs, but I certainly get the argument. Maxwell, I'm curious, being a, you know, a Panthers NFC South fan that you are, do you agree with the Saints there at, at two, having watched, I'm sure, a, a decent bit of Saints football over the past bunch of weeks? Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys have heard me make this comparison, but I kind of had this epiphany a few weeks ago that the Saints remind me a lot of the Ravens in 2012. If you look at what the Ravens had, um, their history before that, they had all these playoff um, appearances before that for like four seasons, um, a lot of heartbreaks, you know, through through those years. And 2012 was really like their got to have it year. Um, you know, Joe Flacco was still young, but, you know, Ray, it was Ray Lewis's last year. Uh, I think Edward retired after that year as well. So I think in like for the Saints, it's, it's very similar in a lot of ways. Now, the Ravens weren't this good at this point back in that season. Those Saints are actually a lot better. Um, but I think just like you guys already talked about the defense and the fact that the Saints are just winning, you know, Sands, Drew Brees right now, it's it's really um, – it's, it's almost like the Patriots-esque almost, and, like, it's a plug-and-play. Like, no matter what happens, you know, we're going to put this guy in. No Michael Thomas, that's fine. No Drew Brees, that's okay. Like, you know, we're going to you know, play whoever, in, and it's going to work because, you know, this is our system. We have a defense that can play with anybody right now. So um, I kind of realized that a few weeks ago, and, and now it's kind of just – continuing to show up every week. The Saints are, are really scary, um, I think. And, you know, obviously with Drew Brees um, coming back, you know, you got to be worried about the Saints if you're in the NFC. So just I don't, I don't mean to go go back, but I was just looking up the, the, the last time that both the Packers and the Steelers had made it too uh, deep into the playoffs. And it looks like last year the Packers made it to the conference championship um, right. where it's been at least four seasons since – uh, Pittsburgh has gone that far. And more, actually, their last conference championship game was uh, was in 2016, in 2016 playoffs. So they've been a little further removed from that than the Packers were. Yeah, we totally overlooked that last year against the 49ers, <laughs> yeah, we, though. That's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah. it more recent than that? <laughs> not that that was a particularly close game. Not that I think I don't. the Packers didn't really have much of a – I don't think that was particularly close, right? But with regards to the – that was the 49ers defense sort of totally shutting out the Packers, and I believe running for like 200 plus yards against oh, yeah, the Packers beat them defense bad. last year. Yeah, that was did, them bad. did the Packers so, play the Vikings in the in the round before that? Uh, in the round before that, they played the Seahawks. They beat Seattle. Oh, Seahawks. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. I in was going to say. I was going to say the, the Packers might have gotten a break on the way because I remember the, I remember the Vikings upset the Saints and then yes, gotcha. yes, that makes sense. Okay, yes, perfect. with the Rudolph guys. Right, so I love the the remark you made though, Maxwell, about the the plug and play. It's very often that a really good team is able to plug and play certain players and say, you know, this guy goes down, we'll still make it work. But to lose your best offensive weapon and your quarterback and still make it work is pretty goddamn impressive. Sean Payton, who's not really at all being talked about for the coach of the year conversation because he's such a known commodity. It's all about Kevin Stefanski and Brian Flores and Sean McDermott. But Payton, I think, honestly, deserves a bit of consideration there because I, I don't think I've ever seen a team deal with that much adversity on offense and still be that unstoppable. Yes, their defense is playing well, but that's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, it is. I mean, we, we kind of talked about, I think the last time um, uh, Jeff Darlington was on here, I, I kind of talked about Stefanski and he did. We talked about Sean Payton as well. I think with all the, with all the veteran head coaches though, uh, you know, Belichick, uh, uh, Tomlin, Payton, they're all, Andy Reid are all going to be in the conversation. I, to me personally, I think like, you know, if you're a new head coach, 
uh, you know, in, in a year like this, you're a new head coach, you have to come into the Browns organization that's a mess and try to win with a quarterback you have questions about, you know, not the coach, but necessarily like, you know, the media, everyone else. Um, I think Stefanski has had to overcome a little bit more um, yeah. in my personal opinion, but um, Sean Payton's definitely right there. I think, you know, he's definitely in the conversation and, and kind of draw back the comparison again to the 2012 Ravens. I think Ray Lewis missed a chunk of the regular season as well. So it's, if the comparisons are, are there, but um, I, it'll be crazy to see. Um, I mean, I, at this point, I don't think, I think this, the Saints amongst everybody from what I watched and read this week, I think everyone kind of considers them that that uh, top NFC contender in a, in a in a conference that's been up and down all year. Yeah, I would probably agree with that assessment. They've been probably the more consistent team throughout the entire year. Yeah, that's definitely been a, a hallmark of the team throughout the year, you know, despite the uh... – Despite the injuries, Maxwell. Before Nick and I jump into our game picks, I want to get one more one more take from you. Christian McCaffrey went from shoulder injury all year. There was the ankle earlier in the year. Now there's a thigh injury that's potentially keeping him out. Are you, as a Panthers fan, at the point of saying, "Oh my God, please just shut him down. We're not winning this year. Let's just make it to next year." Because that's I know I said at the beginning of the, uh, at the top of the show we go over some of the news. That's probably one of the biggest pieces of news this week. Christian McCaffrey likely not playing. As a Panthers fan, are you saying, please just shut the guy down and let's make it to next year? Yeah, I mean, we're not playing for anything this year. I think the rest will just make him better next year, to be honest. Um, you know, he'll, he'll be fresh next year. I think next year, depending on uh, how our offseason goes, I think, you know, we're just going to be uh, – We, I mean, there's there's a very good chance the team will be better. So, at, at this point, you know, just just sit him down. Again, we're not playing for anything, so I, I definitely don't don't see a reason for him to play another snap, you know, risk another, uh, you know, more, more worse injury on the field. You know, he's, there's nothing for him to accomplish at this point. If you're asking my opinion, if you're asking my opinion, Justin, I completely agree. There is no point in him playing. You want him, you want him better for when your team is going to be more competitive in the playoff hunt. And that's not happening this year. Shut him down. I know some fantasy managers are saying, Holy crap. No, just let the guy play. I've been without him all year. Please just let him play now that I'm in the fantasy playoffs. But uh, I think for real life purposes, it, I agree. It makes it makes sense to shut him down. That's 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 where I'd go with that as well. Okay, so I think that that takes us out of our, our top five pick, uh, our top five conversation. Maxwell, as always, thank yeah. you so much for thanks, jumping Maxwell. on and joining. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Nick, one huge headline, and then I think we can go into our game picks. But we need – I think we'd be remiss if we didn't discuss this as an NFL show. Jalen Hurts, Carson oh, Wentz. Oh, yes. It's been a talk all season in Philly, at least uh, over the past bunch of weeks while Carson Wentz has been struggling. Doug Peterson makes the call after inserting Hurts for the second half of last week's game. Hurts goes 5-12, for 12, but some sort of spark you definitely saw in that Philly offense through a score – Carson Wentz obviously has had a bunch of turnovers. He's had like 50 freaking sacks. And now Doug Peterson says, okay, despite the fact that Carson Wentz is making a bajillion dollars, his extension doesn't even kick in until next season. We can't cut him. We can't trade him because the cap hit is way too huge, barring some sort of magic maneuvering that they may potentially figure out in the offseason. It's Jalen Hurts the rest of the way, uh, trying to fight for that, that, you know, NFC East crown that, Really, honestly, New York and Washington seem to be in uh, in the driver's seat <laughs> for at this point, despite the fact that they're both five and seven. Jalen Hurts, not Carson Wentz. Your thoughts, sir? I think I think it's long overdue, if you ask me. Um, Wentz just isn't Wentz. Carson Wentz is just not the same player that we saw uh, be an MVP candidate just a few short seasons ago. He is just not the same, and I understand. Um, that, you know, the, the Eagles have really felt the full force of the injury bug this season. And I, especially on the offensive line, which for any quarterback that does make things more complicated, but even when, even when he's had a clean pocket, um, Carson Wentz has missed throws or he's thrown interceptions. There have been times there was a game a couple of weeks ago where it legitimately looked like he forgot what color jerseys his team was wearing. Because um, he kept throwing it to the other team or into literally a space where the only players around him were four defenders. Um, 
I think that was that Monday night game or that Sunday night game a few weeks ago. I don't, it was a primetime game. I don't remember exactly when it was. Um, but I think it was long overdue. And, you know, I, I think I think that whole, like, going to Jalen Hurts for a couple plays and then back to Carson Wentz and then a couple more plays to Jalen Hurts was just problematic. It was silly. It was, it was, it was making the problem worse because you're yeah. not going to – how in God's name can either player develop a rhythm if that's going to be the case? It's just not going to happen. Um, so I think it's long overdue. I think that, you know, Doug Peterson needs to – I don't. I don't want to say that his job go. is on the line, but he obviously, <laughs> I, well, I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily the case because he has really dealt with a significant amount of injuries, and I still think their defense is decent. Um, so I, I, I don't. I don't think it's his time to go, but I do think that he needs to win football games um, if if he wants to make sure that he keeps that job uh, this off season. So I think I think Jalen Hurts. It wasn't he. They didn't win a football game, but there's no denying, like you said, there was a spark at the, in the second half of that game uh, this last week um, when Hertz was inserted into it. So, listen, worst case scenario is it's exactly the same thing that you got with Carson Wentz. Best case scenario is you string together a couple of wins here, you compete for that division title, which you don't really have to do much to start competing for that division title given the nature of the NFC East. Um, this I think it's a I think it's there's no real major loss in this scenario. Give the young guy a shot. Wentz isn't going to do it. We can talk about what to do with Carson Wentz this off season because you know we can make a whole show on that one season. There, there, yeah, absolutely. And there's going to be a lot of questions about that. Um, but especially if Jalen Hurts plays well, um, let Jalen Hurts go because you've got nothing to lose at this point. So I, I think I mostly agree when it comes to the, the Wentz Hurts move. The reason I agree is because you were not fixing Wentz in week 14. Wentz needs a reset. He needs a rest. He needs to sit and get his head together and figure yep. it out. Because Carson Wentz is not physically broken, right? We know he can play at an MVP level. We know he's one of the most physically gifted quarterbacks in the league. And he can lead a franchise. It's just not happening this year. And so let him reset. What I'm not sure I agree about, though, is I I think Doug Peterson is the problem. I mean, Super Bowl winning head coach did some great things in Philly. But he handled this problem horribly. Absolutely horribly. This is the biggest test he's faced as a head coach. He managed to lead a team to a Super Bowl with a backup, yes. But the team was fantastic. It was the deepest, most complete team in the NFL. The contract with your rookie quarterback, combined with the fact that you were able to play your veteran player, pay your veteran players, lined up perfectly. Everything was clicking and going according to plan, and he deserves credit for that. But this was his biggest test of adversity, and he handled it horribly. The rotation of your quarterbacks was stupid and silly. And you're totally right, it didn't let your QB get to a rhythm. And when it seemed like he should have been making things simpler for Wentz, it felt like he was making them more complicated. The aggressive play-calling style, the aggressive game management style worked when everything was clicking. But it stopped working when your quarterback was struggling. And so, in my opinion, you have to switch things up. You have to rely more on your ground game, rely on Miles Sanders. You have to rely on kicking field goals when you're... Don't go for it on fourth and six when your quarterback is struggling. There was a, a play... And they were in prime time a couple of weeks ago and they went forward on fourth and six at like the 30 something yard line. And I was like, holy crap, kick the damn field goal. Take the points. Your quarterback is struggling. I just feel like at this point, if you're going to fix Wentz in Philly, which I think you have to, because I don't even know how you move him given the cap space. You need to change up the way you're managing the team in the game. No. And I, I think you make a fair argument with that. Um, you know, cause there are, there were some, undeniably questionable calls that Doug Peterson has made in the last few weeks. Yeah. There's no denying that. Um, but I don't know. I just, I, I can't, I can't, I can't fire him yet. Um, right. Especially, you know, if I look at the landscape of the NFL, uh, if he goes before Adam Gase, that's just going to make me angry. <laughs> um, from just like, it's just yeah, not mid season. Definitely not mid season. It takes some right. postseason evaluation. Yeah. So I, I, I hear what you're saying, but you know, you've also, if you've got a guy in Carson Wentz, you hope that he can play himself out of that slump. And I don't, I don't know if you right. want to like completely, totally change up your play calling. Cause you also need to win football games. Um, I, I don't know. And, and another thing too, I was thinking about as you were, as you were saying it, you know, if you know, the, the saints did a lot of this kind of 
switching around at quarterback with Taysom Hill a lot of the time. And if the whole thing worked like it in Philly, like it did in New Orleans, we wouldn't even considering that as a problem um, from, from Doug Peterson's perspective. It just didn't work out. Uh, you know, and that's unfortunate. I, I don't, I want to give him a little bit more leash to see if he can turn around with the offseason, given that he has had significant injuries, especially along that offensive line. Um, but I think he will have a short lease going into next season. I would, I can see Doug Peterson still having this job uh, going into like the first four or five weeks of next year. And depending on how that plays out, um, moving in, doing what you got to do at that point. But I think that given what they've dealt with this year, the, the pretty recent track history of, you know, success in Philly under Peterson, I think he does keep his job over the summer, regardless of whether this Jalen Hurts experiment ends up working out. That's fair. I, I, I definitely, it's hard to say that you want to fire a coach that won a Super Bowl with back a quarterback just a couple of years ago. It's just so immensely frustrating to see. First of all, we've never seen this kind of deterioration in a quarterback. I don't think ever. Who was yeah, this, this much is, of an MVP caliber player yep. and dropped like 35 points in the quarterback rating scale in one year. He was the reason they made the playoffs last year. It was shocking. So to see a coach go from what he did with the backup quarterback to essentially shepherding this much of a fall from a franchise quarterback was just hard to swallow. No. Yeah. And I think, I think everyone's kind of feeling the same way about it. You know, that's, that was the most uh, dramatic drop off. You've, you're probably ever going to see. Unfortunate, but he's got, he's got to figure it out. And I I don't know if we have time to get into that now. uh, Yeah. How to fix fix Carson Wentz, but Philly has to, figure this out because they who's going to take that contract for a guy who is uh not very good right now he has zero trade value right now yeah i do have some thoughts on possible destinations but we'll save that for a later show josh in the chat certainly uh, saying that it's a good thing hurts is on that rookie deal because you could take a hit for a year if you need to starting hurts definitely an interesting point and and you know certainly the one silver lining in philly's quarterback <laughs> situation and something i'm sure we'll fully dissect as we uh, watch Hurts play and then go into the offseason. But, Nick, I think it's time for our game picks. What say you? Let's do it. All righty. I will start off. We'll save Thursday night for the last the last pick. We'll start off with an AFC South bout Sunday, 1 p.m., Tennessee Titans at Jacksonville Jaguars. Your thoughts on that game, sir? I, I just I, – I can't ever pick the Jaguars. I just can't. They're They're – bad and and i know what's his face what's uh was out there saying oh we're they're a really gritty football team i think that's what he said what was it mike glennon said that in his yeah. um in the press conference he was like you know everyone will remember the 2020 jaguars as a gritty team no they won't they're gonna remember you as a one in 15 team not gritty <laughs> one in 15 tennessee's gonna have a nice little rebound against them i could not say that better tennessee for me as well minnesota vikings at tampa bay buccaneers both teams at this point potentially playing for some playoff positioning. Which I think is pretty impressive, um, given how Minnesota started the season, right? Because I think we all had, a couple weeks ago, written them off as, yeah, they're done, time to get rid of Kirk Cousins. Uh, But again, that's like, you know, um, one of those situations where it's typical Kirk Cousins. (laughs) You don't know what you're getting. Um, Great, great offense that's really starting to come into its own in Minnesota. Adam Thielen, Justin Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. Holy crap. Insane, insane yeah. um, what they're doing there. Uh, but Tom Brady, I think, is very angry, and I think they're a powder keg ready to explode. Um, and I think that bye week is really going to help them do that. So I'm going to take the Bucks. I think it's going to be a very, very high-scoring game. It would not shock me if this is over 60 points. Yeah, a couple injury notes here. Mike Evans potentially not playing. Uh, hurt his hamstring Wednesday's practice. DNP on Thursday as we're recording this episode. Obviously, Thursday night, no word on whether or not he'll practice on Friday. Potentially uh, a, a, you know, mark against Bucks offense there. But they have enough weapons to compensate. A.B., Godwin, Gronk, etc. Vikings, on the other hand, may or may not have Irv Smith as of the recording of this episode. So, two injury notes to look out for there. But, that said, I'm going with you there, picking the Bucks. I think this, uh, like you said, this bye week helped them get things together. I'm sure Brady had a sit-down with Bruce Arians at some point to discuss how they wanted to run this offense because... Seems like there's been some there's uh, some dissension there, but bucks for me as well. Our hometown Dolphins are hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, this being the Pick of the Blitz podcast, we will be discussing that in detail on tomorrow's Friday Dolphins preview. But 
for the sake of this show, Nick, who are you taking for that game pick? So this is the only this is the only game this season where I have felt like it has been a poor decision to pick the Dolphins. Um, I picked them for every other game, and I have felt legitimately justified in doing that. I do not feel that way this week. Miami Dolphins win. Oh, you're still picking them, though. I'm going to pick them. Because you know what? This, this similarly to how we looked, how uh, we examined the Broncos game a few weeks ago for Miami. Remember when I said that was a trap game, and I just kind of felt that, the way yeah. that, that things were kind of going? This potentially could be a trap game for Kansas City. I think that's a long shot of a guess. Okay? I do, and I understand that. Please be gentle to me in the chat. But I'm going to take the Dolphins. Uh, yeah, I feel like, a, I feel like you know a bad what? You know fan what sucks now. Is the, last time, the last time that I picked against Patrick Mahomes, he totally uh, made me eat it. And I, 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 in my brain, he's going to do that again. Uh, but in my heart, I'm going with Miami. All right, I'll even up the karma for you. That's how I'm going to justify it. I'm going Kansas City just because I can't not go Kansas City. I, I really want to pick Miami, but I just – we'll go into detail as to, you know, our predictions for this game tomorrow. But I'll leave it at saying I just – I can't. I'll even up the karma. I'm picking Kansas City, and I'm going to move us swiftly to Broncos at Carolina Panthers. Broncos at Carolina. I think that's going to be an interesting one. I'm sorry. I uh, I was no, distracted. My dog started screaming at something, and I had to <laughs> figure out what was going on there. My apologies. Um, this is going to be a kind of interesting matchup. Uh, I, I Both teams are kind of underperforming. I can't. CMC doubtful, by the way. I'm just going to throw that C- in. No, CMC's <laughs> not playing. I, I think I just saw yeah. that he's not playing. So okay. I, I think I'm going to. Wait, hold on. What's the Broncos quarterback situation? What's the most recent update that you have received about the Broncos quarterback situation? Drew Locke will play. Drew Locke will play. Is Maxwell still in the room? <laughs> Maxwell's still in the room. I, I think I'm going to take Denver on a... Oh, Max, on a, <laughs> Maxwell's coming up. <laughs> okay. so Maxwell, you're Carolina Panthers. What say you? Yeah, so I think... so. I don't think it really matters if Drew Locke plays or not. I mean, the Broncos are only scoring about 18 points a game. Um, I think that actually the the interesting matchup is going to be the Panthers offense versus the Broncos passing defense, which is actually really good. It's top 10. But, um, you know, we know that uh, uh, AJ boy, got suspended. So I don't know. I hadn't watched the Broncos all year. So I have no clue. Like if he was, if he's their best corner, I know he's, he was pretty good in Jacksonville. I have no clue how he's been in um in Denver. So um I think that'll be interesting to watch. I mean I, I don't think Christian McCaffrey not playing is that big of a deal. We've been playing without him pretty much the whole year um in, in this game. So uh so yeah I, I don't you know you guys can pick whoever you want but I just wanted to kind of throw that in there. Yeah I I think I'm gonna take Denver. I'm I'm not comfortable with it. Um but I think I think I'm gonna take I think I'm gonna take Denver in this in this matchup. I just I can't trust Teddy Bridgewater. I can't trust the Panthers as a whole. Um, I, I and I'm sorry, Maxwell. Please don't take that personally. Please come no, back on fine. our show. The Panthers, have, <laughs> the Panthers have have earned your mistrust, so it's, it's fine. I don't, I don't trust Bridgewater either, so it's okay. We're on the same. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest question mark, regardless of regardless of the fact that Bowie is not playing. So I think I'm going to go with Denver in a in a very slight win. It's not going to be a blowout. It's going to be like a 2017 victory. Oh, it'll it'll be low scoring. I think people should take the under. Yeah, yeah I think this I, will I be one of fair. the most low scoring games of the week. Uh, I'm I'm going Carolina just based solely on the fact that I have not been able. I, I I've been on the Denver train many times this year. I was really high <laughs> in the beginning of the year, and they keep screwing me over. And so and you got burned. I'm going many Carolina times. exactly. So. I, I I think there will be a big game from the uh, Denver ground game. I'm actually expecting uh, Lindsey and Melvin Gordon to have a decent game. The Panthers' run defense has been suspect. But I think the Panthers utilize, um, if they get him back, I, Maxwell, I don't know if you've heard anything different, but Curtis Samuel, I know, is still on the COVID list as a close contact. I think if they get him back in this game, they have Robbie Anderson as well. I think they utilize enough of those offensive weapons to make a uh, – uh, you know, a last-minute field goal or a score of some sort. A 20-17 to 17 is a fair prediction. Honestly, I'm going to go Carolina. Yeah, that's good. I, I think um, 
I think the last I read is that they got all their players back from COVID, but I need to, okay. I need to look again um, to make sure because I'm about to do a fantasy article about them. But, but yeah, that's, that, that's probably a good call. Cool. All right. Maxwell, thank you very much for jumping back up. Yeah. That brings yes, us Yes, thank you to... as always. No problem. I appreciate it. Texans at Chicago Bears. What a, uh, what a fun game that's going to be. I'm going to take the Texans. Um, I took them last week, and that was unfortunate. Um, but I'm going to take the Texans in this one. I think, like I say, you know, Deshaun Watson is top five in the league in throwing the ball. Um, he's, he's electric. Uh, Chicago is, I don't think, a good football team at all. Uh, I, I, I don't care how many wins. Lightly. Yeah, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it anymore. Uh, I think I'll say, uh, I think they're a poor, poor football team. So I'm going to go with the, the Texans in this one. The Texans are running out of players is one of my concerns. They just are losing everyone. They had some guy named Chad Henson lead their team in receiving last week. I don't know who he is. He came up from the practice squad. He got demoted very quickly after the game ended despite reaching 100 yards. I don't know what's going on in Houston. I just There are enough concerns for me on that offense. You know, I'm actually going to take Chicago. I'm going to say they bust their slump here after losing a heartbreaker against Detroit last week and come back and beat the Houston Texans at home. So I'm going to go Chicago, which makes us uh, differ on, I think, three straight games in a row. Will we continue that? Cardinals at New York Giants. We Well, actually, I don't know. I don't know if we will. Um, because I think the Giants are maybe a no. little better than we all thought. No. Maybe maybe just like a tad better than we all thought. I'm not going to take them, but maybe they were. I'm going oh, to take the Cardinals. Man. But you're going to goat me into that. Come no, on. no, I tried. Cardinals for me as well. Hopkins, DNP today in practice, but it seems like he's missed a couple Thursday practices, maybe like his break day. It was a, a neck and back injury, but doesn't seem to be any real concerns about him missing the game. If he did, that might honestly change things for me because – they don't really have another reliable weapon in the passing game. It's pretty much been Chase Edmonds as their extra guy at, uh, in their passing game. Christian Kirk's been really up and down, Andy Isabella as well. But that said, doesn't seem like we have huge Hopkins concerns as the recording of this episode. So Cardinals for me as well. That brings us to, oh goodness, Dallas Cowboys at Cincinnati Bengals. Do I have to? I, so Just I for the episode. I don't. This is going to be bad, I, I would assume. Like, I, it's I a just, mess of the game. And he got a revenge game, though, Nick. Come on. There's injury. Yeah, no, there. I'm, I'm take, that's the only reason I'm taking Dallas is because Andy Dalton's going to want to put up, you know, as many points as possible against his former team. Oh, that and they don't have, like, the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals, like, has a name that doesn't matter to anyone. He's got, like, two first names, so I don't care. <laughs> Brandon Allen, Nick. Brandon Allen, two first names. today. You're totally right there. I'm going Dallas. I'm, I'll jump on with you. Andy Dalton revenge game. He's going to put up 50 points. There's my bold prediction. 50 points? <laughs> no, totally kidding. But Andy Dalton to meet the Cincinnati Bengals. I'll take that. 50 points. He might, has he put up that. 50 points yet? Like this season combined? Uh, Sorry, that was, probably a, a, that was probably rude of me. <laughs> right, I'll, I'll go back into the stats. We'll get back to you on that. In the meantime, let's take it to one of the most important games of the week in terms of playoff picture. That's Indianapolis Colts, currently the seventh seed in the AFC playoffs against the uh, Las, I was about to say Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders, also fighting for one of those wild card spots. Definitely a big game for our hometown Dolphins to watch out for because this will matter when we come to the end of the year and teams are fighting for those wild card seats. So I am actually, outside of the Dolphins-Chiefs game, I am super excited for this matchup. And, yeah. and I, think, I think I am just really hyped to see two players go at it. Darren Waller versus Darius Leonard. I think that is going to be so much fun to watch. Uh, Darren Waller putting up insane numbers. Uh, and Darius Leonard, who's one of the best linebackers in the game. Um, I cannot wait to see this matchup. That being said... It, the team, this team's game of football doesn't come down to two players. I'm going to take the Colts in this one. I'm picking the Colts as well. The Raiders have not been able to defend the run against anyone. Did you know that someone named Ty Johnson rushed for 100 yards against the Raiders last week? <laughs> I don't know who he is, but he plays for the Jets. He backed up Frank Gore. Frank Gore went down, and Ty Johnson ran for 100 freaking rushing yards. That's insane. With the Absolutely Jets. Absolutely insane. 
Absolutely. But, and you know what? I the Raiders, in all honesty, the Raiders should have lost that game. So, yeah. you know, they, they have not looked good now a couple weeks in a row. Um, I can't pick them against a pretty decent Indianapolis team. I just can't see the logic behind that. They, the Jets, like, they threw that game. There's no way you do that. They threw that game. The, the Raiders should have lost. Shout out to Greg Williams for that for that defensive play call. But yeah, th- this this Raiders team cannot defend the run, and the Colts have essentially three viable options at running back in Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, and Jordan Wilkins. I'll say they go for I'm going to say they go for combined 200 yards rushing. There's a reasonable prediction there for you. I, I think the Colts run all over the Raiders. I'm not saying the game's going to be like a blowout or anything, but I think the Colts will handedly be able to run the ball uh, on the ground, which usually if you, if you rush for 150, 200 rushing yards, you're generally winning the game. So I'm going to say the Colts win that one as well. Brings us to the team that almost beat the Raiders. We have the Jets at Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. Seahawks. Okay. One word Seahawks for me as well. Let me move but, right along. Oh no, you're but, stopping so, me. Can I, just, can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah. And we've talked yeah. about this a couple of times, but we've seen the way that the Jets organization has been run, the chaos that has ensued. And now you see, with this Greg Williams disaster that they're just, this organization is a hot mess. If you're Trevor in one word, if you're Trevor Lawrence, do you consider staying an extra year in college? Do you, do you pull the Jets or or alternatively, do you pull the Eli Manning uh, move and say, you're not going to play for them? No, I I, I could give you a reason why is if you give me more than one word though, Uh, you get six. Okay. New York City market, no more Adam Gase. No more Adam. Oh, sorry, that's seven. Your your opinion is oh, invalidated. Crap. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, I tried my best. I tried my best, but I think those are fair reasons. <laughs> I, think, I, I think those are fair reasons. I got, okay. I, I, honestly, if you're a potential young starting quarterback, would you, like, I'll throw it to you. Would you make a different call? Um, you know, because I, I was watching, I was watching a, uh, uh, a commercial for one of the Peyton Places episodes that's going to be coming out, I guess, in this new season coming up, where he talks to John Elway. And he talks to John Elway about the decision that he made to say that I'm not going to play for the Baltimore Colts, right? And he was saying that it wasn't an issue of Baltimore. It was in a position – it wasn't like the organization. It was he wanted to win, and he did not see a viable path to winning in with that organization in the near future. And that got me thinking, like, do, would Trevor Lawrence, who is – you know, one of the more hyped up quarterbacks that we've seen coming out in a long time. Um, would he potentially have that same mindset where he he's going from uh, incredible program in Clemson to the worst by far organization in the NFL in the New York Jets? Would he potentially be interested in, in saying, you know what, I don't want to play for you because I would actually like to win at some point in my in my career? Um, it just made me start thinking that. So I don't know if I have an answer for you. I definitely don't have one in six words as I've gone well over that word count. But it just got me thinking, like, would Trevor Lawrence be that type of guy? Um, I just I don't know. Maybe I would take that extra year or I would say, you know, trade me. Yeah, I mean, Max Jacksonville would trade for you. It, yes, I think anyone at this point would trade for a generational talent like like Trevor Lawrence, you know, Maxwell mentions in the locker room chat here that he's more likely to pull the Eli than stay at Clemson, just given off what we've seen so far, based on I, his words, his actions, Clemson's depth chart. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I think in the potential to go to a market like the Jets and be the face of a New York franchise for anyone with some business savvy has a bit of that has some some merit to it, and Adam Gase will not be the head coach. We, despite the fact he doesn't fire yet, he won't be anymore by the time they're drafting. So if they bring in like Eric Bieniemy, who's you know been a, a huge piece in in generating such a fantastic Chiefs offense, as Trevor Lawrence, do you say I'm going to say no to Eric Bieniemy and the New York market? I, I don't know. Uh, remains to be seen. I'm sure there's potential for it for sure. I just don't see it happening. I, I hear you, and, and I totally agree with what Maxwell was saying in the chat, that it's more likely to be the Eli move than staying. I think it would yeah. be a shock to everybody if he stays another another season in in college. For sure. Um, and, and I hear you on your points, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, at the end of the day, the New York market is going to eat you alive if you don't win football games, and win football games pretty quickly. They are brutal up there, and everybody knows it, right? So if I'm if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm looking at that side of things too, where I'm saying, sure, yeah, I may be, I might be able to turn myself into a you know a, a great business, right? 
But on the flip side of things, I might get that elsewhere. Maybe not Jacksonville necessarily, but I might get that elsewhere and have a better shot of winning if I, if I force a trade to somebody else. Sure. No, that's fair. All right. Too many words I think we had on the Jets that they, they, you know, they don't deserve that many words. <laughs> so I'm going to bring us <laughs> right to the Green Bay Packers at Detroit Lions, NFC North bout. Uh, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Packers. Um, I, I think, like I said earlier, I think they're one of the top three teams in the league. Um, Detroit, yeah. while they had a nice little win last week against Chicago, I just, I, they're not, they're not a Cinderella story that's going to turn around and beat some of these top teams. So, uh, good on you that you beat Chicago, but it seems like everyone's doing that nowadays. I'm going to Packers. Same here. Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, big game, I'm thinking. That brings us to Atlanta Falcons at Los Angeles Chargers, the two snake-bitten franchises of 2020. I'm going to go really with the, the Falcons. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's a good, that's a good way to put it. Um, I'm going uh, to go with the Falcons. Um, you know, I, I think their, their defense is improving. Uh, I think Herbert is, you know, coming off and uh, I don't even, I don't even know a word that can describe how poorly that game was. Abysmal. That's the first one that came to my mind, but I'm sure there's a better SAT word out there. Um, I, I think he's going to have a little bit of a rebound game, but I just don't see him going, uh, turning around and 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 beating up on the Atlanta Falcons. So I'm going to take the Falcons in this one. And I, but I, no. but I'll say this: I think Austin Eckler is going to have a good, a really, really good game, which sucks because I'm in the consolation bracket. Oh man, that was a close, close final. It was stupid final it was game. Stupid. For you. Josh that was Allen throwing that, still throwing up by 45 points just because he can. Screw you, <laughs> Buffalo. All righty, speed round as we usually do for the final four. Okay. Four, final four or five games we got. Uh, all right, three words or less. Washington at San Francisco 49ers. Washington, uh, just because they're fun to watch. And I hope, I hope Alex Smith more wins than three all words, of the Nick. Uh, Alex, I'm going to give you one, two. Alex Smith wins all the things. That's all I want. All right, I'm going to go Washington as well for me. Saints at Eagles. Saints, no more Saints. words. Yeah, no way Jalen Hurts is, is, is beating that Saints defense. Actually, this one might merit a few more words here. Steelers at Buffalo Bills, one of the best matchups of the week for sure. I don't think it requires more words at all. I'm going Buffalo, and I'm going Buffalo quite handedly. Wow, really? Yep. I didn't know my voice was that high. Wow. Buffalo, I don't think anybody did. <laughs> Buffalo is just – they're playing incredible football right now. And like I said earlier, I think the Steelers are a little bit of an overinflated team. I'm taking Buffalo. And I, I don't think it's going to be close. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you. Two wins, two losses, rather, in a row for the Steelers. That'll put a damper on what looked to be uh, potentially an undefeated season. I'm going to go Buffalo as well at home. Uh, the you know, Steelers' offense has been struggling. I'm going to go Buffalo as well. Ravens at Cleveland Browns. I'm going with the Brownies. I don't think I'd ever no. I don't think I'd ever have done that in like the past, you know, my entire existence. Um, but they, I'm going with the Browns. The Browns are, I think they're a legitimately good football team. Their defense is pretty good. Miles Garrett is a defensive player of the year candidate. Um, I don't think you're going to see what you saw last week that, that with Baker Mayfield throwing, you know, four touchdowns in the first half. But um, I, I think the Ravens are a little bit messy. I think the Browns are the exact opposite. I'm going Cleveland. I'm actually going Baltimore. I, I don't love this matchup for Cleveland. Baltimore is hard to run on, and that's how Cleveland runs the offense is you run the ball a million times. Baltimore is hard to do that against. I'm a little concerned whether or not matchup-wise Cleveland is a team that the offense could just run on anyone or if they could do it against teams that can't really defend the run like Tennessee last week. So I, I'm, I'm a little concerned. I, I, it's not that I don't believe in Cleveland. It's a playoff team. It's a really good team. But I'm going to go Baltimore here based on the matchup. And so that finally brings us to our Thursday night game of the week. The New England Patriots fighting for a potential playoff survival against the Los Angeles Rams. I'm going New England. I'm going New England. Would you like okay. an explanation? Would you like an give me, explanation? Give me, give, me, give, me a, give me a short explanation. The last time they played each other, right? Uh, yeah. Bill Belichick and... Uh, and soon, and Dolphins coach to be Brian Flores ran a perfect game plan against Jared Goff. 
And I know Brian Flores is in Miami, uh, but Bill Belichick is a defensive-minded coach, and I think he's going to do the same thing. I think Jared Goff's going to have a tough day. I don't think – I do not believe this game will be very high scoring. I don't think that the, the Patriots offense is going to do anything insane, uh, but I do think they're going to eke out just enough points to win the game. I'm going to Wingham. I'm actually going Los Angeles here. This Los Angeles defense is would. very good. No, honestly, I, <laughs> I, I think it's going to give Cam Newton some, some fits. They did beat the Rams, but they still had Brady. And I don't trust Cam Newton against Aaron Donald and what's turned out to be a, a pretty damn good Rams defense this year. The Rams offense has enough weapons to make things work. The Patriots' run defense hasn't been great uh, this season, and, and the Rams essentially have three running backs who can move the ball in, in Akers, Henderson, and uh, and Malcolm Brown. So I'm I'm going to go Los Angeles here. I'm not even sure. Uh, yeah, I'm not even sure this game's going to be particularly close. I I don't feel super confident in New England this week, uh, based on the matchups. It's not like New England has a lot of guys who can who can move the ball. So yeah, I'm I'm going to go Los Angeles. All right, you're allowed to be wrong. All righty. Uh, brings us to the end of the episode. We are running up on an hour wow. here, potentially past an hour here. Nick, any last minute things to uh, to throw in before we uh, sign off? No, I'm pretty good. No wild card this week? That's funny you said that. I'm literally, I'm, I was like trying, as I was talking about the Los Angeles Rams, I was like, oh crap, okay, that's the last game. I need to think of a, a well, do you have one? Is that why you asked? No, because you've been, you've been coming up with really good oh, ones, man. so I, I am not prepared for a wild card question, which is embarrassing. Oh, crap. Okay. Uh, it's okay. We can save it for tomorrow, right? No, but now you brought it up. Oh, man. Okay. 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 All right. Here's here, – here. I, I, I was also, like, potentially scrolling through fun random questions to ask while I was talking about the Los Angeles Rams. Is that I why can, you picked the Rams? Is that why you picked the Rams? You made a mistake so that I could talk for looking? longer and like yeah. try to draw it out. Maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Okay, here's a fun random one. If you were, this is this is from conversationstartersworld.com. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you were arrested with no explanation, what would your family and friends assume was the reason you got arrested? Ooh, interesting. Before you had the chance to explain yourself. Uh, let's see. I don't, Ooh, that's a good one. So, mm, I, I don't know. Do you have an answer to this question? So my, my immediate thought, my immediate answer was that I got into a far too heated conversation about the Miami Dolphins with a stranger at a bar. Oh my God. That, that was my, that was my, go-to. that was my immediate reaction. Um, I think that for all, I mean, Nick, known me for a long time. You know that I'm not the most. Uh, I I would like to think I'm not someone who like you would assume is going to get arrested. I'm not the most. Uh, no, not at I'm all. Not the most aggressive human in the world. But Unless it's if about you were to get me, exactly, if you were to get me aggressive <laughs> about something, it would be football and probably the Miami Dolphins. So that that would that, I think that's the most likely the most likely answer for me. So I'm going to, I'm going to help you out and make your, uh, make your arrest a little bit, you know, tougher. And we're just going to say bar fight instead of Miami Dolphins induced bar fight. Okay. Um, so I, I, I say this with exceptional caution. Like I don't want to insinuate in any way that I do this, but I think if, if there were, no, this is what people would assume about you. This is not something, this is not my, like my family. I think the only thing that my family would look at and say, uh Oh, this is the only thing I can think that he was that that he could have gotten arrested for is if I had like one too many beers and then drove. That's the only thing I can oh, consider. Okay. As, yeah, okay. But like, that's not something I do either. Cause like, right. I also enjoy living and I'm a teacher and a, one DUI means no more teaching. Um, so like, I don't do that, but like, I, cause I can't like, it's not like they're going to say, Oh, he's selling that heroin again. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Goodness, for so many reasons, from the beginning to the end of the episode, we have to hope that that, that the administration is not is not listening to this episode because I think we started off with something about about so, about your teaching. And, but and also, and also, another, off I think another good. Can. I think another good uh, option would be that I did I got into some sort of fist fight with somebody. Okay, well, I, I think okay. that might be safer than than 
like a safer bet than drinking and driving. Because again, on the record, for everyone listening, including potentially administrators at my school, I do not do that. Okay, we're gonna Austin. we're gonna sign off before we say <laughs> anything else stupid. We're coming back to you tomorrow live on the locker room app for our Miami Dolphins weekly weekly preview. <laughs> we'll be previewing to, uh, Sunday's matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. This episode. As always, will be available on all your favorite podcasting platforms within 24 hours. Thank you so much to everyone who was listening live, especially Maxwell. Thank you so much for jumping up, joining, and, uh, and speaking with us today. Again, we'll be back tomorrow live in the locker room app for tomorrow's Dolphins preview. That'll be around 4.30 p.m. And then next week, of course, we preview, or rather reviewing Miami's matchup with the Chiefs. Coming back again on you Thursday mean, for... You mean Miami's win with the Win, Chiefs yes, the exactly. Chiefs. I could say that, AC, now that we're off the game picks, I can say. All the way, Dolphins win. We're previewing that on Monday, and then, of course, uh, at the end of next week for our All-NFL on Dolphins preview match the following week. But until tomorrow, thank you so much, everyone, for listening, and see you then. Thanks, guys.